So in Luke, the first chapter, we're going to begin reading in verse 26 and 27. Uh, last Sunday, I preached a sermon uh, where we talked about why Jesus came to this earth that he himself had created. And uh, it was Communion Sunday, and, and we talked about the sacrifice of Christ and of him coming to be the perfect Lamb of God, that perfect sacrifice slain for sin. So that that's why he came, because of sin. But I think it's important from time to time that we look at the the account of how he came and the importance of that. And, and what better time uh, to have that laid upon our heart that we may have it renewed in our heart of how he came so that we might be able to share the truth of what a lot of people are celebrating or think they're celebrating this time of year in Christmas. So let us be able to use what would seemingly be on the hearts of people's mind, at least some, you've got that word Christmas, Christ Mass, I, I be perfectly honest, I, I don't like the word uh, because of the association with the Mass, but uh, but it does have Christ. And so because that is there, let's tell the world the truth about Christ. And so let's be able to tell how He came and, and be able also to tell why He came. So So let's go to Luke, the first chapter. We're going to read... 26 and 27 to begin. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Let's pray once again. Heavenly Father, we just come before you and, and just ask, Lord, pour your Spirit out upon us. Lord, illuminate your Scriptures. Lord, teach us more and more that we would make, know more of the miracle of Christ and His birth, that we, we would know more of the reason He came and how He came, and that we could explain that to others in a lost and dying world. So, Father, help us to be attentive. Lord, keep us in your word. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we have a virgin named Mary betrothed to a man whose name is Joseph. Now, this morning I want to start out with just that word betrothed. We, we don't really use that, in at least in the U.S., um, anymore. And what is that? What is betrothed? And, and, and some will say, well, it's like being engaged. And I believe even some translation says engaged. But it's really more than what we today think of an engagement. A, a betrothment was really more like a marriage ceremony before the real marriage ceremony. You see, but before the betrothal, the, the parents, uh, the fathers of, 
of Mary and Joseph would have gotten together. They would have worked out the dowry. They would have done all these preparations. And there would be and had been this ceremony that would be much like what we think of a marriage ceremony today. But in this case, the, the couple would be proclaimed betrothed. But the woman would still stay with her parents. The, the man would go and, and make preparations for uh, places to stay and, and work and doing all these things. And, and the, the woman was to remain pure and, and steadfast in the midst of the betrothal. And it would take a what we know as divorce to break this agreement that had already been established. That it's it's you want know, an engagement? Well we just broke the engagement and no, it's not like that. This is a serious ceremony to the betrothal and it would take a decree uh, to change that. And this period would last for for about a year, and then at the end of a year, then they would get together and have a seven-day wedding feast, and and they would begin their life together then as husband and wife. And we read that, that Joseph is of the house of David. Now, is that important? Yes, yes it is. Why is that important? Well, the Messiah, the true king of Israel, was to come from the lineage of David. And we're not going to read it all today, but you can read it in Matthew uh, chapter 1, and, and you can also read genealogy in, in Luke chapter 3 concerning the lineage of, of Jesus. Now, although Joseph was not Jesus' natural father, yet his adoption, so to speak, can I say it that way? His adoption, so to speak, uh, made Jesus legally part of David's lineage and establishes a legal right of Jesus to the throne of David. So what is important? So Gabriel came to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Let's continue. Verse 28 in Luke 1. 28. Let's read through 30 this time. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Mary, highly favored with God. Why? Was Mary perfect was she holy was she without sin no 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 uh, we've, we've been in romans for a long time all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of god mary was a sinner in need of a savior just like all of mankind uh, earlier in the service uh, we jim played the the song mary did you know and and there's a line in that 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 uh, Mark Lowry wrote, This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. And that's true. That's true. Mary had found favor with God. God had chosen her to be the physical vessel to bring His gift of grace to the world. And so in that, that God chose her, she was favored among all other women. 
in that regard. So let's read now. Let's go verse 31 through 34. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Mary had a legitimate question, didn't she? She she would like some clarification. Uh, How can this be? I've never been with a man, and I'm currently not with a man. We're, we're in the betrothal period, and Joseph is there, and, and, and I'm here, and we're not yet had the wedding ceremony. How can this be? Verse 35 through 38. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the most of the highest will overshadow you, Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing is impossible. How important is that little phrase right there? For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. By the Holy Spirit, Mary will conceive and bear a son, and his name will be called Jesus, Jehovah saves. Why did Jesus come to this earth? To save sinners. And he will be great and reign over all of his kingdom. There will be no end. Mary conceived. Heaven comes to earth. Can we begin to fathom this miracle? (laughs) Where had Jesus been? Well, John 1, verses 1 through 3. Where where had he been? Well, (laughs) where has he never been? He's always been. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. Jesus, who was with God at the very foundation of the universe, Jesus, who created the heavens and the earth, the star, everything created by Him. Nothing was made that was made without Him. And now the Creator so to speak, is being created in Mary's womb. We can't fathom that. We can't fathom that, that that the Lord of creation would humble Himself down, 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 being formed in Mary's womb. Now we know, how, how, how was Adam? Formed. Dust of the earth. God formed Adam from the dust of the earth. The first man, Adam. And you see now, the second man, Adam, is being formed in Mary's womb. Jesus Christ, the second man, Adam. 
Emmanuel, God with us, in a matter of months from, from this time that we just read there in Luke, the world will see the newborn king. News of grandeur, correct? But there's some practical implication that comes with this divine news, isn't there? Mary being found pregnant out of wedlock, the, the, the betrothal had taken place, the wedding hasn't. She'd be, she could be put to open shame, she could be shunned, she could be outcast. According to the law, what, what was options? Well, well, let's go ahead and read. Let's go back into Deuteronomy 22, verse 23 and 24. This, this is according to the law. A woman found in adultery. Because th this lays it out. If a young woman who is a virgin is betrothed to a husband and a man finds her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the gate of that city and you shall stone them to death with stones. The young woman, because she did not cry out in the city, and the man, because he humbled his neighbor's wife, so you shall put away the evil from among you. See, Gabriel's message presented some real earthly problems, didn't it? Perhaps most of all, what would Joseph say? Let's go to Matthew 1. Let's go to Matthew 1. Let's bring Joseph into the picture. Matthew 1, verses 18 and 19. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Now, there's much in this story, this account, that we do not know. How did Joseph find out? How, how did he find out about this situation? I, so I, I, I ponder. Can I say it that way? In, in, in my mind, at least, and, and this is just me, can, you get a, can I just kind of ponder a little bit? At, at least to me, it seems that perhaps there would have been a conversation between Mary and Joseph. Perhaps. And again, this, this is just me, but, but, but I've thought about this. And a possible a possible conversation between Mary and Joseph could have been something like this. Joseph, I got some wonderful news. I'm going to have a baby. And, and Joseph, not, not just any baby, this is the Messiah, the one that our people have been waiting for all these years. The, the, the angel Gabriel told me all about this. Joseph and and I asked him, well, how can this be? Since I've I've never I've never been with a man, and and he said that which is conceived in you will be of the Holy Spirit. It's a miracle, Joseph. It's a miracle. Joseph's response. 
I, I can only, again, I can only imagine. But perhaps his mouth is wide open. And he's going, what? You're going to have you're going to have a baby and what? He's in shock and and possibly what he's thinking is, you expect me to believe that? You've been unfaithful. At this point, he he doesn't really believe the story as of yet. He doesn't believe the story yet. And three options, he has three options. It's available. He could take Mary to the town square, just as we read from Deuteronomy, make make public her seemingly adulterous situation and have her stoned to death. He could have done that. He could have quietly given Mary a divorce. She could go on with her life and he'd pick up the pieces and move on with his. Or he could go ahead and marry her and suffer through the shame and humiliation of the whole situation. What's he decide to do? Well, what did we read? what did we read to put her away quietly? Now, I believe Joseph truly loves Mary. He didn't want to see her put to death. He didn't want to see her stone. But for now, he doesn't believe the story. If he had, he'd be rejoicing with her, and and they'd have got married. You see, what does Mary do? Well, let's go back to Luke 1, uh, verse 39 through 45. Here we're going to see how that God is gracious in providing an anchor for Mary to hold on to through her Aunt Elizabeth. Luke 1, 39 through 45. Now Mary rose in those days and went up into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she came out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Had any conversation? Have we have a record of any conversation yet? No. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the, the babe, and, and who was the babe that she was carrying? John the Baptist. The, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Six months or so difference in their ages. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. You see, the Lord revealed these things. Mary reaches Elizabeth's house. Elizabeth greets her. And, and what happens? The baby leaped in her womb. <laughs> You want a good pro-life message, there you go, right there, right? I mean, really. Really. The babe leaped in the mother's womb. And, and if you hadn't considered it 
before John the Baptist is also a great message of God's sovereignty and divine predestination. Do you understand that? Two very good examples in John the Baptist here. Before he was even formed in Elizabeth's womb, God had already chosen him to be the forerunner of Christ. You understand that? Chosen by God. Um, Luke 1, verse 15. Did I put that there? This is, this is talking of, of John the Baptist. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. This is before Elizabeth became pregnant. Divine predestination. Before he had done anything right or wrong, before he had spoken a word or had a thought, before he was conceived in Elizabeth's womb, John, chosen by God. And he leaps at the presence of of Jesus in Mary's womb. What a what a what a miraculous story! Even in this, blessed are you, Mary, and blessed is this child that you will bear. And and don't you know that this great brings great confirmation to Mary? You know what a blessing, what a blessing Elizabeth was for her that God. Supply this for her. Let's go to Luke 1, verse 46 through 56. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel. In remembrance of his mercy, he has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her, with Elizabeth, for about three months and returned to her house. Mary rejoices all the more. <laughs> she, she, she is most certain that this is all of God and from God. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. <laughs> Spends three months with Elizabeth and Zacharias. What happens during that time? We don't, we don't have record. We don't, we don't have record. Scripture doesn't tell us, but I believe that, that surely Mary and Elizabeth spent many hours together talking about... <laughs> consider these two women and, and the miracle that had trans, transpired between them. And, and I'm, I'm sure they, they talked and... She stayed three months. Remember, Elizabeth was already six months along. Mary stays three, so John's 
close to being born, and, and apparently Mary leaves before that time. So, so we got a little bit of a picture of what's going on with Mary. What about Joseph? What's he dealing with? I'm sure, I think, it seems to me that Joseph would have been in quite a bit of turmoil, wouldn't you think? Mary's gone. She's out of town. The, the story had to keep going on in his head of the news, ever how he received it. And again, possibly Mary talked to him about it. I am relatively sure he prayed a lot. I am relatively sure that perhaps he would have went to a priest and sought counsel. Perhaps they would have gotten out Isaiah 7, verse 14, and read, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. And I would venture to say that Joseph did a lot of praying and thinking. Perhaps... I would I would think almost with a surety that he's crying out to God is this is this news real it, it, the, the the story that I, is it real Lord I, I I don't I don't know is 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 Mary this virgin that Isaiah prophesied about is 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 a her Lord give me a sign and and I say that quite possibly that could be what he's doing because. I would think that would be what I would be doing. Give me a sign, Lord. Let me know, because Gabriel didn't hadn't come to him, had he? Well, let's go into Matthew 1 once again, verses 20 through 25. Matthew 1, 20 through 25. But while he... Joseph thought about these things. So, so I know he was thinking about it because, okay, we have record of that. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So now he's getting confirmation, isn't he? And she will bring forth a son... And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Now again, he was aroused from sleep and he did what the angel told him and he took Mary as his wife. Now, how did all this transpire? <laughs> we, we don't know. Can I speculate just a little? 
And, and again, I, I and I guess really, we kind of saw this years ago when when we were down in Branson. We went to the Sight and Sound Theater, and I don't know if any of the rest of you saw the Miracle of Christmas whenever that played, and it kind of told the story. And they and and they said, now now we're going to fill in some of the pieces of how perhaps it happened. And the way they filled in this piece after he had this dream, because it showed him in his in his room, and and the angel appeared. And after that, it it shows him getting up, running down the stairs. And and uh, what what did Joseph do for a living? What was his career? What did he do? He he, he was a carpenter. And and he runs down. He's getting ready to run away, and he, he runs back to the carpenter shop, slams the door, locks the door, puts the sign on it. Sorry, we're closed. And then he goes to find Mary. And again, just me thinking about it. What about this encounter? What would it have been like? Now we don't know for sure, and someday we can ask and find out. Mary. Yeah, an angel told me everything. Mary, I'm sorry. Mary, I'm sorry. Please be my bride. And the marriage is back on. And apparently it happened pretty quickly. Again, we don't know, but it seems reasonable that, that it happened very soon after the angel's message. And, and also, uh, I just want to point this out. It, it, it says that Joseph did not know her until after Mary gave birth to Jesus. Now that's referring to an intimate relation. So I want you to understand that. So that, that leaves no doubt that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, that this is not Joseph's biological son. So, so that takes that any doubt that may have come up there out of the picture. You see, Jesus was the earthly child of a heavenly father. And yet, the heavenly child of an earthly mother. The, the earthly child of a heavenly father and the heavenly child of an earthly mother. Now, there are many today who deny the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And then there are others who won't really deny it, but they don't think it's of really any big deal, no great importance. But I'm here to tell you right now, here, here everybody listen, this is, this is what this sermon's really all about right here. Is the virgin birth important? Yes, yes. It is, it is extremely important because if there was no virgin birth, then some things become tragically true. If there is no virgin birth, then Scripture is unreliable. You understand that? Isaiah had prophesied 600 years before the birth of Christ. We read it that, that the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son. Luke don't be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and overshadow you. And the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Matthew, 
before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. You see, if, if you don't believe the virgin birth, you don't believe the reliability of Scripture. And if you do not believe the reliability of Scripture, then you've got a problem, don't you? If you can't believe all of it, can you really believe any of it? Turn, turn for a moment to 1 Timothy 3.16. See, the Bible doesn't always give us an explanation, but it does give revelation, doesn't it? <laughs> the mystery of Christ's birth. Paul talked about it in this letter to Timothy. 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. It's a mystery, isn't it? Our, our, our feeble minds can't fully understand and comprehend all this. But this we know. God was manifested in the flesh. There it is. Emmanuel, God with us. In the flesh, how? Through the virgin birth. Or in a manger. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. <laughs> there's, there's the story, isn't it? In that one verse, there's a story. There's really no way to scientifically, or rationally even, to explain the virgin birth. But we believe it by faith. That Luke 1, 37 that we read. Can we just put the one? Did I put the one verse there? For with God, nothing will be impossible. So there's so many things in this old world that we can come back to. How can that be? Well, don't ever forget. With God, nothing will be impossible. So the virgin birth, you can accept it. You can reject it. But when a person rejects the virgin birth, you're rejecting Isaiah. You're rejecting Matthew. You're rejecting Luke. And you've got a real problem. Consider this. Consider this. If there was no virgin birth, then Jesus could not be our Savior. Understand that. If there was no virgin birth, Jesus could not have been our Savior. If Jesus was not the Spirit-conceived, virgin-born child of God, then of necessity He must have been the illegitimate child of an immoral woman and a promiscuous father. That's just the truth. If Jesus was not the Spirit-conceived, virgin-born child of God, then of necessity He must have been the illegitimate child of an immoral woman and a promiscuous man. See, if Christ was not virgin-born, then He had a human father. Yes? If He had a human father, then He inherited the nature of that father. And since the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, all mankind has been born with a sin nature. Amen? If Christ were not virgin-born, then He would have been
been born of a man with a sin nature, making him, in effect, a lost sinner, and he himself needing a Savior for sin. Yes? The fact of the matter is, if you take away the virgin birth, the house of Christianity falls. If you take away the deity of his birth, you take away the power of his death. How true is that? You take away the deity of his birth, you take away the power of his death. No supernatural birth and no saving death. How important is a virgin birth? Our very salvation depends on it. Do you get that? A lot of people doesn't think it's foundational, but the doctrine of the virgin birth is. It's foundational. If Christ was not born of a virgin, He was not the Son of God. If He was not the Son of God, He was not perfect. If He was not perfect, He could not have been our perfect sacrifice for sin. Our salvation is bound up in the doctrine of the virgin birth. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is who the Bible claims Him to be from Mary's womb? Let me go further back. From the creation of all things to Mary's womb to the cross to the right hand again of God the Father. Do you believe that? Romans 10, verses 9 through 13. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from wrath. Saved from the wrath that's going to fall on all unbelievers. For with the heart one believes unto salvation, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for Your Word. And, and I pray, I pray, Father, that, that should someone, even here today, and perhaps someone who may even listen to this at a later time would hear of the importance of Christ and why He came. And, and Lord, if they're yet lost in their sin, that they have not seen the gospel of Christ as truth, that they have not received Christ, they have not seen You Lord, that by a miracle of regeneration, by a miracle of redemption and salvation, that, Father, you would have mercy. Have mercy, Father. Shine light into darkness. Breathe life into death. Lord, let them see at that very moment your righteousness and holiness and who you are. And, Father, in seeing that and seeing you in all your glory for the first time, they have no other recourse than to fall before you because they realize at that moment they are a sinner before most holy God. And I pray, Father, that as they fall before you, that 
you would grant them faith to believe. And as they would cry out to you, confessing their sin to you, Lord, that you would grant them repentance. And Father, that you would draw them close to yourself and, and call them your very own. And Lord, that they could spend the remainder of their days here on this earth growing more and more in knowledge and truth and becoming formed more and more into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And Father, for us who are born again, I pray that you'd help us to live out what you have begun in us. And that we would do that at all times, Lord, but it seems like we have a great opportunity before us in a season such as this where so many people are fixed on a holiday called Christmas. So Lord, help us to see the opportunities that you would place before us to tell the truth of Jesus Christ. To tell the truth of the most glorious gift that was ever ever given to this world. So Father, help us all to be about your work and your business here on earth. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.